What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Actors with Issues, the weekly podcast where we interview the rising stars of TV, film, and Broadway and give you an inside look at the entertainment industry from the ground level. I am your host, Juan Ayala. Today, we are joined by television and film actor Nico Guardado, who you may know from his role as Beto in the Freeform reboot of Party of Five, as well as Ruben on The Goldbergs and its spinoff Schooled and many other guest appearances, including Magnum P.I. and 911 Lone Star. Nico, welcome to the show, man. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, so, y- you know, you've already done quite a bit of network TV. Uh, what's a show that's like hot right now that you'd love to work on? I mean, I think it would be a dream to work on anything uh, like on Disney Plus right now in terms of like The Mandalorian yeah. or uh, any Marvel show. I mean, that would be a dream. They do, they do it so well. And they paint uh, like this fantasy world so vividly. Um, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure. You know, they are. I mean, I'm really happy with Star Wars in terms of like yeah. representation of Latinos because they have oh, Latinos yeah. everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. You know, everywhere. They've got their leads: Oscar Isaac, Pedro Pascal, and yep. uh, Diego Diego Luna. Um, Amazing. And yeah, we need some more Latinos in the Marvel universe. That's for sure. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here. Um, so your first listed credit on IMDb is from 2013 um, from the Nickelodeon series, Sam and Cat. Uh, what was it like booking your first like TV gig at such a young age? And like you, I mean, you can say you worked with Ariana Grande. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was crazy. I mean, coming from a guy who grew up with everything, Dan Schneider, Zoe 101, right. Drake and Josh, all that stuff, uh, being able to work with him, it was, like I said, and mind you, my very first thing was very nerve wracking. But once I got on set, it just uh, after the first day, it all kind of felt um, it felt second nature, but not like and I don't mean that lightly, like I was still nervous. and wanted to do my best, but it just felt like I was where I belonged. It sounds mm. so cliche, but <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. But uh, but it but it was I mean, it, that's the truth. And um, yeah, being able to work with, you know, spinoff of two of the most, one of the most successful shows, iCarly and Victoria. So I thought, I mean, I was just mm-hmm. a little kid in a candy store kind of thing. Being able to film over there and like talk to uh, Jeanette and Ariana about certain things. And um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great first, first gig. Couldn't have been mm-hmm. more grateful. And, um, you know, you've had a bunch of appearances in different shows since then. Um, and, you know, like as we grow up, as, I mean, I got started in the industry pretty early, but on the theater side, and it's yeah. not like I was on Broadway as a kid. That was not the case. I'm yeah. on the West Coast, on the East Coast, actually. Um, but, you know, like there's always something learned, whether it's about yourself, about the craft of acting, about the process and all of that stuff from every experience. So yeah. it's like whether you're in the audition room or on set or on stage. Um, what is something that you learned early on that's really stuck with you, like to this day? Uh, that you belong. Um, I think, you know, the very, uh, like the, co- um, hold on, let me redo that. I think the, the first couple of jobs I had, you know, I was working with people that I looked up to or had seen on TV or big time directors. And you kind of ask yourself, uh, do I belong here? Mm -hmm. Uh, But 
as soon as you get up there and as soon as you do it and as soon as you know cut is uh cut is yelled and and directors come and talk to you and you know they say that was perfect or this that they give you notes and you're playing around with stuff you just kind of realize like you were casted for a reason um and that yeah just do that and don't compare whatsoever um don't compare yourself with uh, with other people. That's like the biggest thing as well that I've heard from many, many actors. Don't compare yourself uh, in terms of your timelines because everybody's unique and taking their own path. Yeah, you know, being an actor, I mean, as much as people say it and as as much as that's drilled into our heads, it's still so hard oh, yeah. to not do it. You know, even the most successful actors, they're like, there's someone more successful than me and I want to be that person, you know? Always, always. Um, it's interesting though, because there was a guest I had in the past. Uh, his name's Gage Bannister. He mm-hmm. um, is an East Coast actor, and he did like Law and Order. Cool. Um, he was like a guest star and whatnot, and he flew out to LA to do um, an episode of Ballers. Nice. With the, and he got to work with The Rock, and it's funny because yeah. his dad was a professional wrestler. Yeah. And knew The Rock before he was like The Rock, you know. Um, That's crazy. And something that he had said was really interesting, but he was like it's important to reflect where you are and remember, even if you just booked your first co-star and you're like, I want more, I want a guest star. I want to be yeah. a regular already. It's like, mm-hmm. you have no idea how many actors are would kill for that first co-star. Yeah. You know, no matter yeah. where you are in life, if you turn around and look behind, there's a lot of people who want to be where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just really eye-opening because, you know, a lot of times we're like, you know, a lot of actors, like I, I've had my fair share of TV credits. I'm, I'm very yeah. lucky. But like before all of that, you're always like, God, I'm tired of doing unpaid short films or whatever it is, you know, and it's just like you totally want more, you. you want more. And it's like, it's just not how the industry works. And it's such a, a learning curve and it's yeah. an endless learning curve because every, mm-hmm. like I said, every experience we're learning something new. So with your first series regular with Party of Five, um, I was really bummed it did not get renewed. I was a huge fan of the show. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. For the, the, this publication that I've been writing for for the last couple of years, I have mainly focused on like diversity-driven shows, Hispanic mm-hmm. and Latinx-driven shows. So that was one that was on my radar, and I loved what you guys were doing with it. And I was really I bummed that it didn't get another season. But like, it was such an important story um, and an experience because a lot of times in movies and shows we get the immigrant story a lot and we get that perspective, but this was like a whole other point of view on the whole thing. It's like, what are the ramifications of taking people out of this country? Um, I was raised by two immigrants from El Salvador. I'm like, if this happened to my parents when I was younger, me and my sister, God knows what, you know, we would have ended up with an aunt and uncle, Mm -hmm. but you know, um, so during that time, it being your first year is regularly like, let's, you know, let's go back. You, you get the call Mm -hmm. that you booked, the was it a pilot or did it get a full series order no it was a pilot at the time yeah okay so um was that the first pilot you'd worked on at the time uh yes 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 uh no i'd worked on a a couple other pilots but this is my first series regular pilot for sure yeah Um, Uh, so you get the call that you booked the pilot so like what's what's going through your head (laughs) i mean geez finally a kind of like (laughs) You know, I just remember I was driving in Northern California, actually, to go visit family right after the screen test. And I got the call uh, that I was 
that I booked it and just, you know, overwhelming sense of, of joy and just like looking back, you know, at the mm-hmm. kid, I'm still a kid, but looking back at the really young kid that, that had this dream um, and being able to do it, like you, you just kind of, uh, you feel for him, you know, you kind of want to be like, you want to go back and tell him it's going to be okay. Cause there's times <laughs> when you don't think it is, you know? Uh, so that was just overwhelmingly, I don't know, I just like, just emotions, you know? And then like talking to my mom about it, who used to drive me to auditions all the time. And yeah. It just felt, um, I don't know. I just, it was great. And I, not only that, I was just so excited because I connected with the character throughout the audition process. Like, so like, he was just like me. Uh, really connected to Bethel um, and in the screen test really connected with the family that I'd gone in with which ended up being L, Brandon and Emily uh, so I was just super excited to get going I was like when we start when we start <laughs> yeah and uh, you know and the the I mean the chemistry between the three of you guys was like electric like they they cast that so well and impaired you guys so well because sometimes you get like you know you watch all of these shows you're like oh the lead is really good but like this other character like they're not they're not or whatever it is but with the three of you guys y'all were great yeah Um, i think it i think it helped that it was all our first series regular mm -hmm. thing and we're all coming up together and i think also we weren't uh i don't think we were as putting you know if you're doing it I don't know how to explain it, but I think we were doing, we were all working towards something bigger and that was pushing this, um, these stories out there, these, these real life, real time stories of, of immigrant families and what they're going through. Um, and although that seems like it might put pressure on us, it kind of relieved the pressure because we were like, oh, we're doing something good. Um, yeah. That's how we felt uh, throughout filming all of season one. Uh, and it helped too. I mean, I think it was great that, you know, you had Brandon who came from, uh, his family came from Puerto Rico. Um, then you had me and Al, whose families come from Mexico. You had Emily, whose family, she was, she's from the Dominican. And then you have Bruno's from Mexico, Fernanda from Chile. I mean, you had, like, it was just crazy. It was just so diverse yeah. um, in its own way. So it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, pretty much every Latinx person is has that story to tell or, or, people to go to to be like what was it like to go through x y and z yeah. whether it's like a grandparent or a parent or a cousin or and you know we all have someone that came here from at some point you know yeah um and i think that's why you all were so damn good on the show is because you had you had that sense of like authenticity and actual connection with the character you know yeah as fun as a show like the Mandalorian would be to do, it's like, can you connect with this character? <laughs> can 100%. you relate to their surroundings? One hundred percent. I think Mandalorian would be easy to jump in that world because I'm such a geek. <laughs> this one took a little work, um, yeah, and it was great. I mean, being able to talk to family members, but also people that were going through it, um, heartbreaking, <laughs> incredibly yeah. heartbreaking to kind of jump in, but. Um, myself in these people's shoes but it was also very uh, eye-opening very humbling and I'm, I'm so glad I had that experience one yeah. season or nine you know um you know what was something that you were told uh or or maybe just perceived about Hollywood and in the industry as a whole 
uh, that ended up being this like big misconception because I feel like coming up as an actor, you get a lot of advice from people who have no idea what they're talking about. Um, yeah. Where they're not yeah. involved in the industry at all or are yeah. involved, but they're bitter or yeah. just inexperienced. Yeah. Um, so what's something that rings true like that, like a misconception? I, I think the biggest misconception is that uh, that everybody's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's so not true. I mean, you do have your people that have, that are, and then you do have people that are good people that, uh, that just have bad days, you know, just like everybody. But most, I've been so blessed to be able to work on sets where I've just had the most amazing people and people that are willing to, uh, you know, share and talk about their careers, mm-hmm. um, and give you advice, whether it's one, it's like one second, like. I, I soak up as much as advice as I can, whether I'm talking to the cinematographer, another actor, a director, grip guy. Like, I try to immerse myself in the whole world, uh, try to learn as much as I can because this is what I love to do. You know, we always ask our guests on the show um, if they can shed light on a particular struggle or problem that actors commonly face. Um, and mm-hmm. the one that you had said, which blew my mind always does every mm-hmm. actor has something different to add and it might it's like a variation yeah. of something you've heard before but i'm like oh my god i've never heard it like that um and you had yeah. said treat failure like your best friend um so what can yeah. you what can you share about that because that was really really interesting something that uh, sure everyone will find really helpful. yeah you have to because uh, <laughs> it's going to be around a lot it's going to be knocking on your door and it's either you open it and close the door in its face and try to push it away or you invite it in for a cup of tea and just kind of get to know it and, and find comfort in being uncomfortable and find comfort in failing and find comfort in learning different lessons because not everything's failure everything's a lesson um, yeah. and being able to to realize that it, everybody it's not even acting everybody goes through failure right. the mo- like literally the most successful people go through more failure than success. And um, it's all about being able to just really believe in yourself and believe in, in your talent or craft, or whatever you can bring to the table mm-hmm. uh, and to keep pushing through. Don't, don't give up. I mean, I wish there was a better saying for never give up, but it's true. Things are cliche for a reason right. because they're true and people say them a lot. You just got to believe in yourself and you got to, you got to invite that failure in for a cup of tea. I know it gets hard. I mean, you can cry with it. Um, <laughs> you can get mad at it uh, for yeah. sure. I'm not saying that, you know, be happy every time you get, you know, whatever, but also look back and be like, you know what? I screen tested. Right. On the bright side, I made it there. Right. Or you know what? I just, you know, I struggled for a while for after we got canceled. Right. But I looked back and was like, I shot a full season on a network show for a story that was amazing with mm-hmm. people that I now call family. Um, does it suck? Yeah, but you know, look look at what we did, you know, right. so. Yeah, that's something that definitely, you know, every actor can relate to. And it's, I mean, even what you said, like, you know, like, okay, I didn't get it, but I screen tested, mm-hmm. I got that far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it's like farther than I got in another situation or yep. sometimes farther than we even thought we would. Sometimes you do an audition, you're like, 
terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and then they call you back for some reason. Right. You're like, okay, all right. Mm -hmm. Let me not question the professionals, but no. right, <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there's something, uh, the show, the first show that I had booked after the pandemic, since yeah. the reopening of everything here. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a, it was a three, two line co-star as a young reporter. Love it. It's like, what was it for? If you don't mind me asking, uh, it was for life. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 For life. yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I had gotten a new manager a couple months prior or during the pandemic, I'd uh, gotten started with a new manager and officially signed in October. And once things picked up in New York, it was like getting, you know, a couple of coaster auditions a week and the occasional regular, which I was very fortunate because I'd never had a serious regular audition before. Nice. Um, and with this particular one that I ended up booking before, you know, when I sent in the tape, it's just like, okay, it's another coaster audition. Just say the, say the lines. Cause it's a reporter. There's no not much acting going on. Yeah. It's asking two questions and that's it. Mm -hmm. So I sent it in and then they're like, Hey, they like you. They're going to move you up to the you know next level of approval. I was like, Oh, okay. Cool. Then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, Hey, sending up for producer's approval. I'm like, awesome. Yeah. And then, Hey, you booked it. Well, shit. All right, cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you never, never know. know. Never. You never, ever know. I mean, the amount of stories I have of people that were ready to pack their bags up and leave. And then they get one audition and now they're freaking on Netflix shows and right. doing crazy stuff. They really, you just really have to be able to trust in yourself and, and just go in. And the other thing is, even like, even if you don't get a call back, you're, you're still constantly getting in front of people casting directors right. you know there's a lot of actors there's very few casting directors compared right. to actors so they're casting for a bunch of things like that's how i was with um, the casting director for magnum pi i've gone into it for her since i was 16 hmm. been close on some things and then we had met over zoom for the magnum pi audition and i booked that one you know they they get a sense of familiarity right now it is hard because you're not going in the room and you can't you know, right. talk to them and have that but you know when that gets back to normal you're getting in front of people though if you even if you suck <laughs> like say if your performance is terrible in the room but you walk in and you know you have a decent conversation you know they remember that right yeah you walk in and they're like oh you sent in that tape for last season or whatever it is you know yeah or you're like hey um, nice to meet you they're like we met before you know right. you sent this and it's like oh shoot i didn't even realize like shoot. you know <laughs> sorry i've been lost in the sea of self-tapes the last year you know <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I wanted to talk about, um, I'm not sure how involved you are in this, but um, I just wanted mm -hmm. to, because I saw on your IMDb, you know, I always read everyone's bios just to see in case I miss yeah. something. Um, but the nonprofit organization that your parents run. Um, yeah. The Eddie Guardado Foundation, which raises um, awareness for autism. Um, so uh, what can you share about that? I just wanted to shed a little light on that too. Yeah, we that started, uh, my sister 
Ava was uh, two years old when she got diagnosed with autism. Mm -hmm. uh, at the time, it was fairly new to the world, uh, but also very new to us. Uh, and as we got along, we, we were very blessed enough to be able to provide Ava with the proper motor therapy, speech therapy, stuff like that. But, you know, we realized how expensive it can really get. I'm sorry, there's sirens going on. Um, we, you know, we were very blessed and very fortunate to do that, but we saw that it could get very expensive. Um, so my parents decided to create a foundation, not to find a cure for autism, none of that, um, but to, you know, raise money to provide grants for families, whether it's, you know, an iPad, because um, there's a lot of iPad programs for, for kids with autism, mm -hmm. or whether it's uh, we need money for to build a, front, uh, a fence in our front yard because we live by train tracks and they run out the house a lot. Uh, so whatever it is and whatever they need, um, we've been, geez, whoa, it's been like almost 10 years, I think, since, since we started it and we, we were doing um, celebrity bowling tournaments. That's, that was mm -hmm. our big thing every year uh, in order to raise money. And it's, it's been a success. It really has. And we've been able to help so many families, uh, all, all in the name of Ava, um, who is just, this beam of light and inspiration to to us all. Mm. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You guys are, I'm sure you guys are helping so many people. We try. Uh, with that, and you know, yeah. using your dad's star power to, uh, yeah, uh, I think he, he was a, a, was he a pitcher? Yeah, he was a pitcher. Okay. Yeah, our, our goal from the beginning was just to help one family. That, that was our only goal. And we've been able to help many many families uh thank god and it's uh so that's all it's ever been about is just helping one person at a time mm, that's awesome man congrats to you guys because like thank i said you. i'm sure you're helping many people thank you um so we actually reached out to or we posted on like twitter and instagram and reddit mm. and whatnot and we got a couple of fan questions oh awesome um so caitlin asks uh what kind of role do you want to play next anything <laughs> caitlin i'm hungry uh, no anything honestly to be honest i think it'd be really cool to uh be part of an ensemble whatever it is whether it's a show or it's a you know, movie uh you know i think having i don't know i like ensemble pieces hmm. um but anything literally anything i think it'd be awesome to do something star wars or marvel you know jump into like a fantasy world kind of thing would be amazing yeah. but i ain't picky <laughs> <laughs> uh and caitlin also asked um since you i mean you are young but she, yeah she said like since you look so young um have you struggled to get roles of characters that are a little older than you or a little like in their 20s yeah uh at the yeah, I mean, there's definitely times. Now it's kind of changing. I'm kind of getting uh, older roles a lot. At the beginning, a couple of years back, yeah, it was very frustrating going in and really like uh, just being like, okay, I know I'm not going to get this. When I go into the room, you see guys yeah. with like facial hair and stuff. <laughs> but now, now it's getting better. I'm kind of switching to that side of, because I'm going to be 25 at the end of this year. Mm -hmm. uh and so i'm 
I'm still going in for younger roles, but I'm the older guy going in for younger roles. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's all about patience. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. You know, when I get an audition for like a, you know, 18 plus to play younger, I'm like, Oh, I'm flattered, but what? Uh, But again, try not to question the professionals and I'll see who they end up casting. I'm like, Oh, they went younger. Oh yeah. Younger. younger. They want the show to run forever. So they You're like, okay, what the heck? But yeah, they cast six like babies in this because they want the show to go on forever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 it's, which is a, a smart move because there's certain shows that kind of blow up unexpectedly, and then you've you got 30 gotta, year olds playing 20 year olds, and it's like, oh, this is not. Can we have a time jump? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, five years later, yeah, you need it. Yeah, it's yeah, oh, it's it's crazy. It's yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's part of it. Yeah, it's part of it. Uh, Conquer Bowman from Reddit asks, yeah. uh, would you ever want to work behind the scenes as a director or maybe even a screenwriter? For sure. For sure. During during the pandemic, I was I've written so many so much stuff, like even little scenes. Um, been writing uh I've had so many ideas for so long. I finally decided to put it on paper. Mm. Um, and whenever I have time, I just hack away at it. Uh, uh, directing would be amazing. Um, I'm producing my first short film that starts nice. shooting in two weeks. So that'll nice. be amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, anything with cinema, I would, I mean, it's just, this is a world I want to be a part of for as long as I can. Yeah. Same. You know, yeah. I, I look at I look at the careers of people like John Krasinski and I'm like, oh, I want to yeah. be on a show for like eight to ten years yep. and then go write a movie and direct it and, and start kill it, it and, and have it the right. biggest box office hit of the pandemic. Yeah. Right. Great. <laughs> why can't we all have a career like that? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. No, nah, he's a great guy. That's why yeah. good good things happen right. to good people. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. I was listening, um, there's a show it I don't know if it's still on Netflix. It kind of has its own like platform mm-hmm. now. Um, off camera with Sam Jones. Oh yeah, it's great. It's yeah, great. it's like those black and white interviews. Yeah, it's and great. the one with John in particular was really good because he was talking about how he was about to quit acting before he got his audition for the office. Office, yeah, like two weeks before, right? Yeah. yeah. He had been in New York for like three years, and that yep. was kind of the his end goal. Like, if I don't book like that role. Mm-hmm in three years which in my head it's my this is all in hindsight but i'm like that's it you only gave yourself three years um but you know now we're like it could take 10 it could take 20 um yeah you know that's how the industry works um but you know he'd done like an episode of like law and order he'd done a couple films and just you know no no big series like behind you back then in those years this is like the mid 2000s tv was in a weird place it was like friends and that's it like mm-hmm. <laughs> literally literally you know the 30 rock wasn't around yet nope. Parks and rec none of those shows were around yet wasn't those thing. all kind of stemmed from the office yep. and the people from snl so like it was just a weird time to be an actor in new york yeah. at least because it's yeah like, for sure theater and that's, that's about the it. end of it that's the law it. and order franchise the, yeah the three the three <laughs> yeah. shows that were up back then that was only one right? yeah one and a half now. I don't know. Something I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just so interesting to hear that. And I think the same with um Rashida Jones, who mm-hmm. plays Karen. 
mm-hmm. the same thing. She had said that she was about to to quit acting when she got her audition to play Karen, and then yep. a year after she left the office, Parks and Rec happened, and crazy. She has all these other shows after. So it's you know, hold out, guys. Just sure. when you're about to pack your bags and quit, something comes along. Always, always, always. Yeah. I can't reiterate that. Always. Siempre. Uh, Siempre. Uh, and our last fan question uh yeah. jennifer asks uh if party of five was still on today how do you think your characters would be affected by the pandemic uh, and then i added on assuming the pandemic was written onto the show because not every show is doing that but i feel like you would because the pandemic hit the minority communities pretty hard so i feel like they would waste no time yeah, yeah i i mean i could definitely see you know, Rafa or Valentina getting COVID and thus freaking out, you know? I think it would have made things crazier with us trying to visit our parents uh, with the pandemic going on. And I think it would have also made a lot more sense, like Zooming and doing all this stuff. And and it, it was just, it would definitely have created, created way more obstacles for the Acostas. Uh, and I mean, shoot, I wish we saw it. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know who knows who knows who knows i wish i wish we got the chance to but you know it doesn't pan out sometimes yeah it's all all for a reason always uh, so we always end the show with a segment called getting to know you uh, i just cool. throw some rapid fire questions at you Love and it. see what happens so starting with an easy one uh coffee or tea coffee hero or villain villain uh drama or comedy drama TV or film? Film. Uh, what is a movie that never fails to make you cry? Oh, Armageddon. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, that end scene. Uh, a movie that never fails to make you laugh? I got to go Dodgeball. I mean, that one's classic. <laughs> I mean, I'll be quoting that to this day. Uh, when were you the most starstruck? Ooh, let me think about that. I don't really get starstruck, to be honest. But honestly, it's not an actor. It's it's a baseball player. <laughs> it's it was with my dad. It was it was uh, meeting a, a player named Ozzy Smith. It was pretty damn cool for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wish I could give some juicier stuff. I know this is, <laughs> but yeah, that was the most time. Yeah. Uh, what is your most recent binge watch? I was been I did just binge watch the Harry Potter series for the fifteen thousandth time, because <laughs> uh, those never cease to like bring me comfort, you know. Especially right. on like gloomy days. It was raining here for a little bit uh-huh. a couple weeks ago. Me and my girlfriend watched them. She'd never seen them, so that was fun being able to watch her reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have a secret talent? I pick up almost anything with my toes. <laughs> i'll be like flipping stuff up doing this you know doing this that uh, yeah I mean, uh uh your favorite accent or impression to do and can we hear it i mean i love doing a new york accent just like but like super like obnoxious and like <laughs> just kind of it's like borderline hood almost uh-huh. And I'll be like, when I'm when I'm getting mad, even when I get mad with like my family and my friends, like I tend to like switch that on. And I did, I don't know. They tell me like I do, and I was like, I don't even, I don't even hear it. I'll be like, get the hell out of here, get 
get the <laughs> hell out of here. Who the, who the, I don't want to curse. I'm like, who do you think you are? And, you know, I'll just be like playing around doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, who's this guy from Staten Island all of a sudden? It's like, who, Pete, what the? Pete Davidson, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> I get called Pete Davidson all the time. Him oh, and, really? Him and Christian Yelich. I get Christian Yelich more. He's a baseball player. Uh, if you weren't an actor, what would you be? Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Dead. Uh, is there anyone from history that you want to portray? Yeah, I think... Um, think something along the lines of like uh like ancient rome mm. anybody in that era would be awesome i love it italy and italian culture maybe like the like the medicis that'd be cool to you know yeah. the, the first bankers out there in ancient rome yeah. that'd be a cool like mafioso kind of like modern take on it would be fun that'd be super cool uh what role did you have the most fun playing Beto, easily <laughs> so much fun and just like shooting the shit on set with everybody and yeah it's just like awkward teenager to the max too it's just <laughs> so fun to play um i meant to ask before uh with beto was it weird i mean it was only a couple years ago but mm -hmm. you know you were in your like early 20s at that point was it weird trying to tap into your like teen years again and no. think like what was i <laughs> no not at all i mean i'm not awkward anymore uh right. but it was just so easy to play it's easy because like some days you get nervous you know mm -hmm. for big scenes but but those always nervous <laughs> so it was it was it was perfect it worked out perfectly mm -hmm. um yeah it was really fun to to go back and like you know play young even though i'm stuck yeah literally like yeah. two three years younger prior. yeah younger <laughs> yeah and uh, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young performer? Don't be afraid to play. Really play. I mean, that's what it is. There's a reason they call them plays. Right. Like real life, you have your problems. Real life, you know, your grandma's sick. That's real life. Your best friend just passed away tragically. That's real life. You know, you, your dog passed away. That's real life. Mm -hmm. This stuff is meant to be able to go in and and play around with step in the shoes of other people and take it seriously but but play at the end of the yeah. day play it's a passion yeah totally agree yeah uh nico man thank you so much this is hey, awesome uh, i appreciate it of course man uh where can people find you on uh, on instagram if they want to give you a follow yeah it's just at nico gordado n-i-k-o-g-u-a-r-d-a-d-l and uh you all can follow us and on instagram at actors with issues Give me a follow at Juaniala Official and a big thank you to our sponsor, Anchor, for supporting the show. Head on over to anchor.fm to get started on your own podcast 100% free. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review wherever you're listening. Catch new episodes every Friday on all podcasting platforms. I'm Juaniala, that's Ingo Gordado, and this is Actress with Issues. <laughs>